0: This is The Feed, York Region's only news magazine dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here.
1: Welcome to The Feed. I'm Ann Romer on the show Music for Mental Health, the Vaughn Mayor's message to Top Gun Maverick, and Cooking to Cut Costs. But first, how often do we casually say, I'm starving, I'm famished, my stomach is rumbling, I'm so hungry. But what if this was your reality each and every day or worse, your children's? Food insecurity, it is a growing problem here in this country. Listen to these disturbing stats. A record number of Canadians relied on food banks last year. Here in Ontario, from April 2021 to March 2022, over 587,000 people accessed a food bank visiting more than 43 Three million times. And in January of this year, a study suggested that 60% more Canadians will need to use food banks in 2023. For so many, the question now is, where am I going to get my next meal? And that question is being asked almost daily right here in our own backyard. Alex Bellotta is the founder and CEO of the Food Bank of York Region. He is our guest now on the feed. So, Alex, what are the reasons for this alarming increase in food bank use?
2: Well, we've seen an unprecedented uh, rise in inflation. Food costs are, are much higher. Energy costs, everything across the board is more expensive.
1: And tell me about what it's like for a client, a food bank user. I know that you are more of a distribution hub, but you also understand what it must be like psychologically and physically, even emotionally for someone who is in a position where he or she or a family needs a food bank?
2: Well, there's a lot of stress when people do come to our food bank because they were directed there, and then we have to direct them to a community food pantry. We do see the stress on on their faces. We do see the hardship in, and, you know, when they speak to us, so, and then they bring their, they have kids in tow and, and, you know, it's, it's just a difficult situation to be in overall.
1: And who accesses food banks these days?
2: Well, we're seeing all kinds of people now. It used to be just people living on social assistance, but we're seeing a lot of Ukrainian refugees. And now we're seeing people that are working, uh, accessing food banks. <laughs>
1: And why do you think that is? People who are working, is it that there are so many financial pressures in their lives, including astronomically high food prices?
2: Exactly. I mean, it, it's, the, it, it's all the expenses across the board. They can't make enough money in their in their jobs. If they're not in a high-paying job, they can't afford to buy food.
1: We know that food banks are struggling right across the country. let's Let's talk about York region in particular. Uh, you said recently in a news article that food service providers across York region are reporting an increase of 25 percent in 2022 with the increase continuing into this year, 2023. That's pretty scary. That's a, that's a high statistic.
2: Yeah, and it's going to it's going uh, it, to create an even greater impact on people who are already struggling.
1: And you talked about families with children. You've talked about refugees and we're so, you know, happy and recent immigrants. How so happy to have them in our country. What about a rise in people 65 and older? Are you seeing that in terms of food bank need?
2: Well, yeah, we're seeing it right across the board. We're seeing an increase. So we've, we're seeing 25% more children year to date over last year. In York region, we're seeing overall 15.4% for 1%. And New clients is up 82.61%.
1: Wow. So, Alex, how can food insecurity, hunger, in a country like Canada, how can it be stopped?
2: Well, we're going to have to put more money into the hands of people that are already food insecure. That's the only way to stop it
1: and you know the government just sent out checks for people who met the criteria a, a grocery rebate it was kind of a drop in the bucket according to many who received them there is there anything else short of 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 giving more money to people which i think is a good solution but it may not be a feasible solution what else can be done and I'm, I'm talking about all three levels of government
2: Well, if we're not going to give them more money, then the only other solution that I can think of is to support the food banks.
1: And how would that look? What would that look like in terms of government support?
2: Um, Well, they're going to have to give us more money for infrastructure. We're going to need more freezer space and warehouse space and cooler space and refrigerated trucks and support staff to be able to collect all the surplus food that's available through farmers, through manufacturers, wholesalers, and retailers.
1: Very good idea. So do you champion this cause? Is that something that you, as the founder and the CEO of the Food Bank of York Region, is that something that you do on a regular basis?
2: Absolutely. We've been working on this since 2013, building our capacity so we can collect as much product as we can and provide that to the people on the ground that are giving it to the clients that are hungry.
1: And does it feel like it's a stopgap measure? I mean, there philosophically may need to be something even greater, a change in attitude from society, but also from the government, all levels of them, when it comes to Food insecurity, I mean, it's just shocking to think that in the year 2023 in a country like Canada that there are people who are going hungry.
2: Well, this is one of the reasons why I got into this is because I found it appalling that uh, in Canada people were suffering in this manner. I used to travel to third world countries and I I saw hunger and poverty in a third world country and I just thought that it was, you know, my neighbors were hungry. I needed to engage at home.
1: Alex, what effect does hunger have on a person, whatever their age, whatever their stage? What what are the negative effects of hunger, and even the psychological effects?
2: Well, if you don't get proper nutrition, you're not going to be a healthy individual. You won't be able to to engage in normal society and and support your community, and and then you, your children are going to be suffering as well. They. They're going to be suffering from mental health, physical ailments, it impairs their ability to learn. I mean there's a whole host of of uh, uh, problems if a person doesn't get proper nutrition and is food insecure.
1: I find it interesting that we are when we talk about anything in life, it seems to be supply and demand. So what we're dealing with now is increased demand for the use of food banks for food banks. And a dwindling supply, it's summertime. Is that one of the problems?
2: That's, it's a typical problem. It's seasonal for us. Uh, in the summertime, there there are fewer donations, and that's what we're seeing at our food bank. I've never seen the food this low in our warehouse for almost a decade.
1: What can you say to our listeners right now who are hearing what you have to say, but they don't know what to do about it?
2: Well, there's three ways to engage at a food bank. You can volunteer, so you can give your time, you can give money, or you can give food.
1: Sounds pretty straightforward. How do you engage people? Again, it's summertime. People are, their thoughts are elsewhere. How do you bring this home to them?
2: Well, we keep doing what we're doing now. We we alert the, the press. We uh Um, You know, we write press releases, we talk to as many people as we can, Like we just keep on getting the word out there. We just, we don't stop.
1: Alex Bellotta is the founder and CEO of the Food Bank of York Region. Thank you so much for your time on the feed.
2: And thank you very much.
1: For some residents in York Region, the cost of the grocery store has become too expensive and they are now turning to local organizations for help. Details now from Glenn Perkins.
0: One of those organizations is the New Market Food Pantry. Vesna Mitchell is the resource development coordinator. I asked her to tell me about the pantry and the community fridge.
3: The Newmarket Food Pantry is the local food bank in Newmarket. We currently serve approximately 2,000 people per month, and we provide food for our clients once a month, about 10 days worth of emergency service food.
0: Have you seen an increase in the need from clients?
3: There's absolutely an increase. This year Last year, this time, we were serving about 1,100 people. So there's been about a 70% increase in the amount of clients that we serve per month.
0: Do you know what's behind that increase?
3: Many things. The economy. Um, Right now, the cost of food, fuel, um, housing, as well as uh, we've also had a number of newcomers coming here from Ukraine. A lot of them are families. So I would say that is our number one It's just the increase in cost. There are a lot of people who are working but not able to pay all of their bills and feed their families.
0: Have you found that sometimes people's pride prevents them from reaching out for help from the New Market Food Pantry?
3: There is stigma. I I would say yes. Uh, A number of our clients, they are not proud of um, having to come here and utilize the service, so the services that we offer, but we work very hard at creating a welcoming environment, and we try to provide choice and dignity and compassion. Um, Every time someone walks through the door, they're treated as a client. They are provided um, with a grocery cart. They get to choose whatever products that we have available. They can select the flavors and the brands that they prefer for their families. We also try to give them as much variety as possible. We have fresh fruit and vegetables as well as dairy, uh, meat, frozen vegetables, that sort of thing. So uh, we try to create a very welcoming environment when they walk through the doors so that to help alleviate some of the you know, stigma that they may feel is attached to them coming and utilizing the services that we offer.
0: Vesna, where is the pantry located?
3: We're at Gorham and... Harry Walker Parkway. So that's 1251 Gorm Street Units 8 and 9 in Newmarket.
0: Tell me about the community fridge. What is this?
3: The Community Fridge is a—it's an initiative that it helps us to address issues of access. Some of our clients during the pandemic, access became an issue. So about a year and a half ago, or two years ago actually now, we decided to, uh, we investigated options and this was one of the options to help um, increase access to food. And so the project launched in June of last year, so it's essentially just a commercial size refrigerator that's in a structure where it's insulated along with the pantry. It's located in front of our library. And the community gets to donate 24 hours a day, seven days a week, directly to the fridge. And people have access to the fridge 24-7 as well. And there is no appointment. There's no vetting. There are no business hours. People can just go take what they need and or leave what they can. And and that's basically it. We, we currently have a food rescue program with local businesses where they um, we have volunteers going to food businesses where they have food at the end of the day, prepared food items, that they package and label for us. And my, our volunteers bring them to the community fridge so that community members who need them can access them.
0: Where did the idea for the community fridge come from?
3: Well, this was before my time. I started a year after its inception. But from what I understand, it it, it was the pandemic that spurred it on uh, when access became an issue. And not everybody has the ability, they don't have the mobility to come to the pantry. So this is one way to address that.
0: If listeners would like more information concerning the New Market Food Pantry, if they would like to donate, volunteer, how can they do that?
3: they can go to our website uh, www.newmarketfoodpantry.ca um all the information is there plus uh, who to contact um, and how or they can they could call me directly or reach out to me directly.
0: There's the Mitchell, Resource Development Coordinator for the New Market Food Pantry. Thank you for joining us on the feed. Uh,
3: thank you very much for the
1: interview. Meal planning and cooking at home can also help to cut costs. Jim Lang with the recipe for savings.
4: Well, like anyone in Canada from coast to coast, we here in York region have been hit hard by the price of groceries. And Canadians are changing their habits to accommodate these rising costs. To talk more about it, I'm thrilled to be speaking to Joel Gregoire, Director of Food and Drink at Mintel Reports Canada. Joel, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. It's a fascinating survey, and the one that jumps out to me is 91% of Canadians with any cooking or meal planning responsibility agree that cooking from scratch is a good way to save money in groceries. How did, are, are you surprised at those numbers and those figures?
5: Uh, no, and I, I would think that would be the case at any time, not just in this time of high inflation, particularly food inflation that we're experiencing.
4: One of the other things that was neat was four and five Canadians feel they're adapting home-cooked meals to account for the rising cost of ingredients of meat, produce, et cetera, and, and other things. And, and it, it, when I was reading and I look in that in-depth survey, it reminded me of the whole back-to-basics, you know, stories from my parents in the 40s and 50s and 60s and what it was like. And they rarely went out to eat and everything was home-cooked. And it's almost like a paradigm shift back to that for Canadians.
5: It, it is in some ways. Um, there's 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 a lot going on right now. I think I think one thing, as we've already talked about or mentioned, is the fact that you know food prices are going up and people are looking for ways to save. And one way to do that is quite simply: uh, make more of your own food, make meals from scratch. It's a good way to save, but for things on sale, whatnot. Uh, another thing that happened, of course, is we all lived through a pandemic over the past few years, particularly in 2020 and 2021. And one of the things that we want to get at uh, when we were uh, when we were surveying Canadians was, did that have an impact on how they're cooking? Uh, More specifically, are they more likely to be cooking from scratch or have their cooking skills improved? Basically, have they changed their habits? Hmm. And what we Hmm. saw is that for a number of Canadians, from their perspective, it
4: did. I I know myself, uh, during the pandemic, I used social media to come up with different recipes and I'd watch little videos to come up with different techniques. So I thought I used that time to try to improve my cooking skills just because of out of necessity.
5: Uh, absolutely. And what we see too as well is younger consumers. Uh, so younger adults, uh, those 18 to 34 year olds, as we say in the business, they are much more likely to turn to technology to kind of, both of their cooking chops, if you will. And they're the ones actually also saying that they are cooking from home more now and that they have their cooking skills have improved. And we see a real hunger on the part of those consumers to for them to elevate the consumers. And one thing that social media does really well, or online technology, what have you, is it's a great way to get hacks. Uh, I know from my kids, they love their hacks. Mm. And the common misperception that we see with thinking about younger consumers is they want the easiest solution. You know, some of the times they absolutely do, but one thing that we see is, is an opportunity for companies and retailers, social media, what have you, whatever the platform is to help younger consumers or younger adults elevate their cooking skills and their meal experiences by providing those hacks, such as, is there an opportunity to do something where it makes part of the process a little bit simpler because what we also see in the survey that we put out is convenience indeed still matters. That's not going anywhere.
4: Yeah, that, it's a great point, Joel. I also love this. So the overwhelming majority of Canadians say that meals made from scratch by themselves are more satisfying. 88%. It's a staggering number. But then it, it makes sense because I see so many of my friends and so many celebrities posting videos and photos of something they made from scratch.
5: Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that can't be overlooked is the emotional component to cooking. Again, we really saw that during the pandemic. We heard a lot about baking, particularly where people were using that to kind of get get the stretch. You know, you need the bread, if you will. You know, know, working out some of that frustration or or whatnot. And and, and it was a real respite from that. One thing that's really interesting is, you know, there's this perception out there that cooking is a chore. And 100% sometimes it is. But when we ask people, like, how do you describe your attitudes towards cooking? When we kind of go through a scale, we only see about 11% of Canadian adults say that they dislike cooking. And we we see that more than half say either like or love cooking, like actually closer to 60%. So, what that tells me is that the emotional component of cooking as a stress relief, as a way to connect, as a way just to take some time for yourself. Um, that really holds true and that should not be pushed to the side that the actual, not just the eating, but the act of cooking, there is a real emotional
4: component to it. That's very healthy for us. Indeed. Speaking of Joel Gregoire, director of food and drink from Mintel reports Canada. And I could not agree more. I, I do a lot of the cooking in our house because I find it so relaxing and it takes my stress away that, that time I take to prepare dinner and uh, if it's my daily stress relief. I just find I, start, I stop stressing and thinking about and getting the anxiety about stuff I should or shouldn't be doing or what stuff I'm working on. I just think about the meal, and I find it's kind of a reset in the evening.
5: It, it, it is a reset, and I think now more than ever. Uh, if you look at the broader landscape in terms of how many people are working from home either all the time or part-time, you know, that commute, although stressful a lot of the time, was also a chance to have a break from work and to getting home, to, to kind of that bridge yeah. between the responsibilities. Um, what cooking can be, uh, if you change the mindset from being a chore, but through something that's enjoyable and in some place to take a break, in, in some ways to just do some sort of physical activity some of the times, um, that kind of replaces some of that commute time, if you will. Yeah. And I just think of myself last night. Um, I was barbecuing ribs in the backyard a, a beautiful day before before it started raining a little bit later on, enjoying a nice beer. And and for me, that was kind of my zen time, if you will, a, a time to take a break, to enjoy the weather, uh, and to really focus on creating something, and also that sense of accomplishment you get uh, when you're done.
4: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, Joel. And I find uh, there's such a, a variety of technology for Canadians when it comes to cooking. If it's a weekend and you you're going to be busy. You can use the slow cooker. If you're, it's a weekday, you can use the Instapot. There's like different things you can use to make a, a homemade meal that can either, you can spend hours on it or 40 minutes.
5: Oh, absolutely. The one thing we talked about in this report was the air fryer.
4: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we that, lo-
5: I love that, it. It, the, the, it is. We, we got one recently, um, as a Christmas present and it with, as someone with two younger kids, it's, a. Uh, it, sometimes it's a life changer. Yes, if oh, you will. Yes. Um, it, it, and we we did a survey on this about a year year and a half back, and we asked about not not what the most we asked you know what what are the appliances that you're most likely to have, and that can be what you would think it'd be like an oven or or even a small appliance a toaster or what have you, but we asked what where the purchase intent was. So what do people want to get? The air fryer topped the list, and I, I and I can tell you just from taking my analyst hat off and putting my parent hat on. What allows me to do is, if my kids want chicken fingers and fries, <laughs> I can do that very easily, put it off to the side, and I can cook a more involved meal for my wife and I, or she can do that. So that we're, we're, we're juggling less as we're cooking because we can set it, forget it. It does a very good job of cooking. And then I can make something a little bit more involved uh, for those of us with more adult palates.
4: <laughs> I, I You know, another thing I, I find, Joel, I don't know if you think I'm crazy, but I just find that's... It's the one time a day when you you spend some time, you make dinner, then you sit down and eat it where you're away from your devices because the devices consume us throughout the day. And so many people are eating breakfast or eating dinner or lunch while they're on a device because they're multitasking. But dinner, I find you've taken the time and the devices are put away while you eat something. Most of the time, depends <laughs> 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 depends on the family, I guess,
5: um, you know, it's, inter- it's interesting you say that though, because the one thing that's happened in terms of the technology that's available to us now, compared to 10 or 15 years ago, is the ubiquitousness of the devices. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example, uh, during the pandemic, when I was cooking, um, for me personally, that was also a chance for me to binge shows that people would recommended that I didn't have the time to before. Yeah. And one thing I watched, I ended up binging was Ozark. But I did it oh. while I was cooking. So I yeah. felt like I was being productive, but again, that was my time in the kitchen and it was something I could watch on my iPad, if you will. Yes. So yeah. one thing that we see particularly with younger com- consumers, we ask them, you know, do you like to do other things when, co- when cooking? And we see younger consumers in particular, but most Canadians overall say, yeah, I'd like to do that. But that doesn't mean that it's not part of the unwinded. It's not necessarily when you're checking your emails or, yeah. or responding to requests or whatnot. It's a chance where you're either listening to a podcast or the radio, or as has historically been done, or watching maybe a, a show that's been recommended to you on Netflix.
4: Yeah, and it's just... it's, it's, it's The Canadian... I guess the shift in how we approach meal preparation and consuming meals, technology is a part of it because we can't escape it. But it, it's been a very fascinating trend to watch how we evolve through the pandemic. And Joel, I can't thank you and your friends and your staff at Mintel Reports Canada. This has been a fascinating survey and it it, 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 it adds up with the numbers. They totally hit home to me for our family and so many people we know.
5: Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of the times the numbers kind of confirm what we already are experiencing or already have have a sense of. And in this case, it absolutely did.
4: Joel, thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight and a fantastic interview. I appreciate it. All the best, my friend. All the best, Jim. Take care.
1: Next on the feed, Mayor Del Duca, Tom Cruise, and their mission possible.
5: Do you have
0: a story idea for the feed? Call us at 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com Ann Romer and more of the feed coming up. This is 1059 The Region.
1: Tweet from Vaughn, Mayor Steven Del Duca to one of the most famous people on the planet. Hey Tom Cruise, I know filming in Toronto isn't always easy because of the traffic. I'm working to get Vaughn moving and you're always welcome to shoot movies here. Lunch is on me. Mayor Del Duca, what inspired you to step into Tom's Twitterverse? A welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, it's great to be back on with you as always. And and what I mean what prompted me to do it was Look, I love showcasing the city of Vaughn. We're a great community. We're always looking for economic opportunities. I love the Mission Impossible series and I think Tom Cruise is a great actor. And so I figured, let's have some fun with this. Plus we have great restaurants in Vaughn. So if I can contribute by having him come up here and treating him to a great lunch and convincing him to shoot some movies in Bonn, I think it's a win win all the way around. We just gotta resolve the traffic issues up here which I am working on.
1: Now, I understand that he dropped into the area a few days ago. Have you heard back from him? (laughs)
6: <laughs> unfortunately I have not Yeah, but I'm a persistent kind of guy as you know so I won't I won't stop I won't
1: stop <laughs> excellent all right so let's talk about all the things that are going on in the city of Vaughn and that includes how to stay cool this summer we've had several triple H days hot hazy and humid Vaughan is fully prepared to help everyone including kids they're off for summer break stay cool and safe this summer
6: absolutely and it's so important for us to get this information out so we are really blessed in the city of Vaughn we have 19 or 20, I think it's actually 20 locations, splash pads right across the city, several in each of our city wards. They are open now. They are open daily from nine o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night, subject of course to weather conditions. Uh, And it's a really exciting opportunity. I, in my neighborhood, there's quite a few. I see families out there, young kids. I even see some of our older residents getting out there on those particularly warm days so that they can get a bit of relief. We've also got uh, the Thornhill Outdoor Pool uh, over on Young Street that is open. We've got lots of different recreational opportunities. But most importantly, uh, I want to remind residents: if you're not feeling great, if you're you know you got to stay safe. If you feel dizzy or weak or overheated, you got to go to a cool place, sit or lie down, drink some water, and you know check in on your family and your neighbors that might you know be suffering through any of any of the kinds of challenges that from time to time we face. But our city is well prepared to deal with the summer to keep our residents safe and
1: cool. And and we also might include their pets. You know, just today, as as I was coming up to the station, I kind of made a detour. There was a man and his dog. They were looking for money. They were asking for money on one of the exits from the... 400. The dog didn't have any water and didn't have shade. Yeah. So I scooted around, went to Dollarama, picked up a bowl and a great big uh, bottle of water and gave it to this nice gentleman. And he, he was happy and the dog was thirsty and, and was well taken care of. We have to take care of our pets too.
6: Yeah, that's such an important message. I'm, I'm a dog lover and a dog owner. My wife and daughters and I have two dogs at home, Sammy and Hunter. <laughs> and uh, they've been they be out in the backyard running around. And once they're running around in this kind of hot and hazy and humid weather, it can impact them too. So you're 100% right. We've got to protect ourselves, but also our pets. <laughs>
1: Hashtag slowdown Vaughn this summer. What a great idea. And as I mentioned earlier, and we all know the kids are out for summer and they're excited and they're running all over the place. We've got to put their safety first.
6: Yeah, we really do. And it's it is so important. We are a community where there are tons of young families. We have a lot of seniors who as grandparents are looking after the young grandchildren. Kids want to get out, they want to play, they want to have fun. Sometimes, you know, they might run across a busy street, drivers aren't really paying attention, or at least they're not expecting something like that. And sadly, the the, the, the consequences of that really, uh, from time to time, can be tragic. So reminding pedestrians at all times to be alert, to make sure that they're walking, especially, you know, when you're crossing the street, paying attention to the vehicular traffic, obeying all of the traffic signals. But for drivers, it's really important to do all of that plus just be aware of the fact that in our neighborhoods our 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 smaller neighborhoods our smaller streets to make sure that they really are paying attention they're keeping the speeds low alert at all times no distractions not looking at phones or doing anything like that Uh, and and together especially when you look at the fact that city councils also started to reduce some of the speed limits on neighborhood streets Uh, the fact that we have this entire public awareness campaign it's out there across the city. The hashtag #SlowdownBond. A lot of a lot of work's gone into this to make sure that we're keeping our most vulnerable uh, street users, pedestrians, cyclists, motorists, safe at all times. Uh, we've made a lot of progress in this regard, and but we still have more to do.
1: Is YRP on board with this as well?
6: Yeah, 100%. Our, our our entire team that's working on this initiative has been in touch with YRP. YRP is a great resource. We are really blessed again in Bond and across York Region to have what I think is the best police service in the entire country. And they're they're working closely with our team at all times to make sure that we're getting this right.
1: Mayor Del Duca, many were horrified at what happened last December, the condo mass shooting in Vaughan. But they were at the same time recently comforted, by the fact that there was an unveiling of a memorial to honor the victims of the condo mass shooting and their families as well. Can you explain and describe what this monument is like?
6: I can, for sure. You know, you you are very right in saying that what took place at the Valeria condo tower uh, back in December of last year was absolutely horrifying. Five individuals tragically losing their lives, lives another individual who was uh, who was badly injured but is recovering, thank goodness. We, we decided as a council, because we do have a tree and bench dedication program, that we should honor the victims by creating a space where the loved ones, the family, the community at large can come while they're continuing to grieve and hopefully slowly but surely healing to find some degree of comfort if that's even possible at this stage. And so in Juilliard Park, uh, which is uh, the, the part of the park where the tree trees and the benches are situated, uh, the Valeria condo towers are just in the backdrop. You can see them. They're rather close by. Five beautiful benches, five great trees, uh, white pines, and, and other tree uh, tree species that are there that will be a really beautiful setting for families and loved ones in the community at large. And a plaque on each of the benches. Uh, listing the names of the victims and another plaque in the in the ground in the pavement that explains what the entire uh, the entire area is dedicated to and so we had really rough weather the night that we unveiled this but i'm telling you despite the rough weather the rain and the wind we had well over 100 people show up for the dedication ceremony and it was very touching still heartbreaking but very touching to see uh, how the community came together And felt, again, a little bit of relief, a little bit of an easing of the burden, even though, of course, they are still healing.
1: Beautifully put. And what do you do to honor the the victim who survived? I mean, surviving something like this is is life-changing. How do you honor her?
6: So Doreen, Benino, the the individual in question, Doreen was actually there with us uh, at the dedication ceremony along with her husband, John. And uh, the plaque that's in the the pavement that's embedded in the concrete itself also includes Doreen being acknowledged as the individual who was badly hurt but is still alive and still recovering. And it was really good to see uh, Doreen there and to know, I mean, I can't even imagine the trauma that she's gone through. But she you know by all accounts, is a very, very strong individual, and she put in one foot in front of the other, she was determined to be there, and she was, but we we did acknowledge what she's gone through at the uh, at the ceremony as well and in the and, and in the in the in the monument, if I can put it that way, she is honored as well.
1: It is mid-July. Hard to believe time is marching on so quickly. Earlier this week, Mayor-elect Olivia Chow became the mayor of Toronto. What will your working relationship be like with her?
6: I'm I'm looking. I don't know Olivia or Mayor Chow now. I don't know her personally, but um, I am hopeful that she'll take on what is a a really tough a tough role and be able to work closely and collaboratively with her council and with all of the municipalities that surround Toronto. As a region and as a province and frankly, and as a country, we need Toronto to be strong and to be vibrant and to be prosperous. And so as an immediate neighbor to the city of Toronto, I wish Mayor Chow all the very best. And I'm looking forward to getting the chance to see her, to work with her. And to collaborate to deliver for the people of Vaughan, but also the people of the entire GTHA.
1: And one of her biggest challenges will be traffic in Toronto, as we now know from Tom Cruise. What advice would you <laughs> What advice would you give to Mayor Chow? You're getting Vaughan moving. How does she get Toronto moving?
6: It's a It's a It's a tough job. Whether it's here or it's in the city of Toronto, you just you can't stop, and you need to remember that you're both trying to catch up and keep up. The growth in both Toronto, population growth that is in Toronto and Vaughan and elsewhere is off the charts. I think that the province of Ontario had more than a half a million newcomers arrive in our province last year. Um, so you've got to get shovels in the ground, you've got to keep building, and that's not easy. We, here in this region, we often talk a better game than we do collectively deliver the outcomes, the projects uh you just have to put your head down roll up your sleeves and keep pushing because that's what the people expect it's got nothing to do with politics it's just about delivering and that's what i'm focused on here and i suspect that's what she and her council will be focused on in toronto
1: and speaking of traffic and then of tom cruise of course my final question to you are (laughs) you and your family going to go and see mission impossible dead reckoning
6: yeah we have a we have a short list of movies to go and see this summer and that is definitely on the list but there's a the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie coming out, I think, in August, and one of my daughters wants to see. So i got to get her to sign off on Mission Impossible in order to, or either way around, go see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and maybe we'll go see Mission Impossible, too.
1: (laughs) You see, not only are you a politician, you're an ambassador as well. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, thank you, Mayor Stephen Del Duca. Thanks a lot. We'll, We'll speak in August, and I look forward to that. Thank you.
6: Sounds good, and thank you as
0: well.
1: After the break, music for mental health.
0: Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. Ann Romer and more of the feed after the break. This is 1059 The Region.
1: Welcome back to the feed. I'm Ann Romer. Our Kevin Frankish is next with the power of music to help those touched by mental illness.
7: First of all, let's clarify an often mistaken quote from the 17th century. It's not music hath charms to soothe the savage beast. The exact wording from William Congreve is music hath charms to soothe the savage breast to soften rocks or bend the knotted oak. Essentially, it could be to soothe the savage beast, to be honest, with that savage beast being depression or anxiety. More and more researchers are finding links to better mental health with music. That brings me to introduce Ingrid uh, Tahiri of High Notes of Avante Productions. High Notes is offering free individual music lessons on piano and guitar, with priority given to those who have a mental health condition. Hi there, how are you, Ingrid?
8: I'm very good, Frankie. Thank you so much for uh, saying all that. to <laughs>
7: <Free Apple. laughs> Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Now, now um, first of all, uh, tell me a little bit about High Notes. Uh, what do you do?
8: Okay, we actually do quite a bit. Uh, We started about 10 years ago, so we have a 10-year anniversary coming up in 2024. And really, in the beginning, it was just about using artistic expression to inspire and give hope to people who've been touched by mental illness. Uh, So we put on events and played music and had some... uh, uh, celebrities talk about their stories uh, because we all have a story in regards to mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So that's how we started out about 10 years ago. And then a few years ago, uh, something called a pandemic happened. <laughs> yes,
1: uh,
8: And we could not do any live events anymore. And even before that, we really Wanted to do more, but resources were not available. So, a combination of factors um, had led us to now also be giving individual music lessons to people uh, who have been touched by mental illness. We got a small grant from um, something called the um, Quick Table mm-hmm. in York Region. And uh, the idea is basically that music does uh, make the world better, it makes people better, therefore, the world will get better. And it has so many benefits that everybody should have access to it uh, because it can be quite expensive uh, Mm -hmm. to take um, private music lessons. So we don't want that to be stopping people who would like to and would benefit and everybody
7: would benefit from music lessons.
8: Um, So that's
7: kind of... In, in a, a nutshell. And it's not something you would mm-hmm. think of. You know what? When you think, if you have some sort of mental health issue, you're thinking meditation, you're thinking getting out for walks, you're thinking being in nature. Um, but not a lot of people would, their, one of their first thoughts would not be, you know what? I'm going to learn to play the guitar. It may not be.
8: And mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe. It should be, yes, <laughs> or it should be part of the offering. There's a trend in something called arts in prescription, and I guess we've done a little bit of reading about that and studying that. And uh, it, it's preventative. You know, all the things you do that's good for your mind, including meditation and going out in nature, mm-hmm. is good for you. We live in a society with so much pressure on the kids, Yeah, And, you know, often it's like, go to this class, go to that class, go to that class. Um, But everybody needs some kind of outlet to express themselves. And not everything can be expressed in words. And whether that's going out in nature or playing the guitar or piano, you know, uh, depends on the individual, but it should be available.
7: Yeah. I think what people don't realize is that meditation is not sitting on a mountaintop saying om all the time uh, and closing your eyes, meditation is just about focusing on the here and now. And if you're Mm -hmm. learning to play an instrument, you're so busy focusing on, oh, I got my fingering right. Does this sound right? What was the next note? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. it it just brings you, you have no choice but to be in the present.
8: And you can work through your problems and sort of, it's not like you've been lazy and doing nothing, right? You can work through your problems and your thoughts while you're doing these uh, things. And it, it for those who have been touched by mental illness, it also gives them something to focus on. Other than that, it can make you forget uh, about your troubles. Uh, and maybe, you know, listening and playing music that uh, allows your feelings to come through is also therapeutic. Now, but I, there's so many benefits and so many reasons.
7: Uh, I don't to want to go on. At the risk of putting you on the spot, Ingrid, you just got a little emotional yeah. there when you talked about mental health. What the, uh-huh. what, why, why have you gotten involved with this? Oh,
8: I could not, not get involved. When I started a, a charity, I'm the founder, and it's from personal uh Connections, one of our hashtags is we all have a story, Mm -hmm. um, and you're not alone. So I also have a story. I have loved ones that have had mental health issues, and I uh, knew as a teenager, even if I don't think I had any particular mental health issues, you know, it's turbulent. Yes, music is very, um, as we already mentioned, tributing it and helping you work through troubles. It can soothe your soul, you know. It gives you um, um, better self-esteem when you learn how to do something. Um, so yes, uh, it, it's to really help anybody realize that whatever we are feeling, it can be expressed through music, uh, but you're not alone in those feelings. Like, you know, listen to all these composers, listen to all the songs playing on the radio. Like, a lot of times, <laughs> there's sadness that's been uh, conveyed uh, or worked through in those songs. So, uh, why not expose more people to disability to learn to do that?
7: Mm-hmm. And now, you don't have to use any names, but is there one particular success story that you have seen... Someone change their lives by doing something like this? Oh my gosh!
8: <laughs> oh, there are probably there are probably many, but I don't think I can mention any names. No
7: names, but but uh, but but I, someone you've seen that has just completely done a one hundred and eighty
8: through the music. Through the music. Are, through the music. I mean, let's. Why don't you mention myself? I don't really have a, a 180 degree, but I think I was a really shy person at one point. I mean, in, uh, well, in I'm still kind of shy, but I'm talking on the radio. So I have to force myself to come beyond that. I, I would actually say that mastering music as an adult and going through some of those difficult exams that the Royal Conservatory offer gave me a lot of self-esteem and gave me a 180 to actually be able to go on and do uh, all the work that I do behind Oswalanta. So but little stories are kids playing music and showing joy, uh, in able, being able to play uh, songs that they heard on the radio, uh, adults being able to play jingle bells on the uh, guitar, yeah. uh, showing that. Like their whole face lights up when they're able to do it. So it's very joyful yeah. <laughs> to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, I I wish I could remember more stories right now, but I can't. <laughs> well,
7: well <laughs> yeah. I, I thank you for what you do. Uh, there is no doubt that you are changing lives for the better. Um, so I encourage people to check out highnotesavante.ca. And uh, find out about the free music lessons. It could it could be the thing you're looking for, it, and that's the thing. It, it could be the thing you're looking for. So, thank you very much, Ingrid.
8: Thank you so much. And if I may just add on to, if you are a music teacher, uh-huh. please also check it out because we are looking for more instructors to join us in this endeavor. So wonderful. All right,
7: you Ingrid. Or
8: if you're a mental health prescriber, please also <laughs> refer
7: student okay. to students. Okay. Ingrid Tahiri yeah. of High Notes of Body Productions uh, has been talking with me right now. Thank you.
8: Thank you.
1: If you missed any part of the feed, please go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you so much for listening.